We're talking about Infinity War. Alex and I just saw the movie separately, but kind of like at the same time. So, yeah, same showing. Yeah, and so he texted after it was over, and I just wrote, I was like, ah, I want a podcast right now. And he goes, you want to? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> so, hey, everybody, this is Alex and Chris. Welcome to the Waterproof Sponge. Also, Black Nash's Cosmo. There will be no Cosmo in this particular, uh, I was going to call it a video, this podcast, because we're going to just talk all about uh, Infinity War. We're going to do two sections, a spoiler-free section, and then a spoiler section for those of you who have already seen the movie and want to get into the things. Because if I tell you anything right now, it's a spoiler. Everything's a spoiler at this point. Yeah, this is a, this is going to be a very short spoiler-free section, folks. So get out there, see this movie as soon as humanly possible, mm-hmm. because... For the first time, I would say for the first time in any Marvel movie, okay. everything about this movie is a spoiler. Okay, so let's, let, me take, let me say this. So, this is a movie, and I'm just going to tell you what my rating is. My rating is, it is literally, a, it is a perfect Marvel movie for me. Okay. I actually, like, I've had some I didn't like, some I did. This worked, and the thing that worked the best for me is the thing that I complain about a lot about these movies, and that's that a lot of the characters are the same character, copying and pasted. it. It's like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm really snarky. I'm really funny. I'm, I don't take anything seriously. Everything's sarcastic. That is their default personality for like half the characters, in my opinion. And he, I think it works really well, though, because when you put them all together in one room, it fits. It's like, like I, Spider-Man, you know, gels well with Captain, with, uh, Captain, <laughs> with uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Um, Star-Lord gets along pretty much well with anyone you put him in a room with, but him and Iron Man had good chemistry, even though I would call them the same character almost. But you got you got to really see them stand out better as characters when they, when they put up against each other. So I actually get to see more of Star-Lord's, like, less smoothness, but thinking he's smooth kind of deals. Uh, I even like that they've even in this movie made him. I guess I don't, they made him chubbier on purpose. Yeah, it's kind of like, like like they call attention to it. Yeah, for sure. When I was watching it, when I first I was like looking, I was like, he's got a double chin. Last time I saw him, he was like ripped up to shreds, and I'm like, why is he got a double chin? And they called it out, and it's part of the plot. Yeah, they. So my my like, you know, twit like Twitter length, yeah, non spoiler review mm-hmm. is I would say. That this movie is a phenomenal Thanos movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, I. It's cool. not a great Avenger movie. Okay. Cool. And it's not. That's not a criticism of, of how I feel about the movie. I thought the movie was really good. It does. It. It is the most comic booky movie of all the Marvel movies because it really is about taking all these characters you know and love and they're pre-established and throwing them more into a story rather than making it. A character movie. That's true. Like, you know, some people complain that Civil War had too many characters, but that movie found a lot of moments for each of those characters to, to kind of stand out or have a, have a quiet moment with, you know, with each other or by themselves. This movie doesn't really have a lot of that. Right. But what I will say is that every one of the characters in the movie stays true to the character and, and who they've been established as. Uh, and some of the pairings that they come up with are just delightful. Mm-hmm. It is not... It's not just a question of having the usual, you know, like, oh, um, you know, it's just going to be, like, Tony hanging out with Cap. Right. or Or Cap hanging out with, with Falcon and Bucky, which we've seen a million times. They come up with some really fun yeah. mixes and matches. Rocket and Thor. I actually, like, really dug that. Rocket and Thor. Yeah, I wasn't going to give away too many of the pairings, but Rocket, oh, Rocket and Thor, by far the best, like, by far the best pairing in the entire movie, right? Like, it really gives both of those characters a chance to shine. I would actually say that Thor comes up, personally, I thought Thor came out the best yeah. 
yeah. out of all the Avengers. I agree. Um, who would you say? I, I'll, I'll give my answer, but who would you say came out the worst? I would say Ugh. Cap, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I feel like well, Cap didn't get a lot of screen time. That's what he I'm just, saying. He just didn't. He just didn't do much. Like even that scene. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to spoil this like now. Yeah, I'm but just going to go ahead and say it, guys. Okay. We're just going to dive. We're going to dive into spoilers. Okay, so, so you, <laughs> we liked it. So there's a scene where like there's a scene where like and get that man a shield uh, from from Black Panther, and he was just like, yeah, give me a shield with his face, <laughs> and I'm just like. It, some, I don't know, something else could have happened. <laughs> it's just like him just posing like, I'm attractive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, oh, man. So what, so, and maybe I missed something. So what are Falcon, Captain America, and Black Widow doing in the off time? Because none of them are wearing their, their classic outfits. Well, except maybe Falcon. But like, Captain isn't wearing his his mask at all in this movie or his classic costume. What, what's going on? Do you have any idea? No, that's a great question, actually, because um, the last time... So we knew from Black Panther right. that they're not hanging out in Wakanda. Right. We know I was under the impression that that kind of was what they were going to be right. doing. Or like maybe even going on some secret missions to support uh, Nakia, maybe, right. or, or something along those lines. But uh, like maybe furthering like the Wakanda agenda a little bit at, as as payback for, for helping uh, Winter Soldier. But in reality, like that's clearly not the case. Um, and we really don't get a good sense yeah, for it. Yeah, they're like in a black, I mean, it's kind of it's a black ops kind of situation. It's kind of like yeah. you were saying, though. It's like, I feel like we just got tossed into the middle of everything because we got thrown into uh, Thanos and uh, the Hulk and Loki and that whole situation all going down without any explanation or any, like, you know, pre-building for anyone who didn't see any other movies. You're just thrown into it. Like, okay, it's happening. Let's go. And I, I like that part of it. I did like that part about that it did feel comic booky to me. Like, okay, we're in a story. This is a story. This is a build. We're going to get to know this character really well. Uh, honestly, I started to like, even though I didn't, I, like, I normally don't like Thanos in other iterations of him because he okay. normally just, he normally is literally just insane <clears throat> and obsessed with death and has a very shallow reason for doing what he's doing. Uh, but this gave him a lot of depth, I think. Kind of heartbreaking, right? Yeah. Like... like- Honestly, yeah. There's there's like a real there's a real character there, yeah, which is very impressive. Josh Brolin does a great job. Like the motion capture is excellent. Mm-hmm. He is menacing. I mean, he's actually you really do believe that he might kill the characters that oh. we have come to know. And so Gamora, just gonna say Gamora's it. dead. R.I.P. <laughs> like I was like, you know, I'm like when I get to that planet, and they said the Soul Gem, and like he just killed something he loved, and I'm like. Well, I know that he's like built to be this big, tough, like brooding character or whatever, but I feel like he probably loves her. He, he keeps calling her daughter in a very affectionate tone, and like, yes, daughter, yes, daughter, like, like very, like I care about this person, and I don't think she believes it. But I'm sitting there going, oh crap, he loves you. Oh God, he loves you. You're gonna die. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's you know it's obvious from the beginning of that scene, and I do want to come back to. We'll we'll skip yeah, it for we'll now, but. Uh, a cameo that just like oh, made no, me no, so happy. No, um, no let, let's get let's come back to okay, it. But okay. but um, it, it is very interesting. They they really do. So one one thing I found really interesting about the movie and like a, a recurring theme that that I think like a lot of superhero movies kind or like any really heroic movie kind of plays out, but that this movie really does a great job of actually emphasizing is this idea that. Uh, that the heroes often fail because they care too much about one person uh, to be able to do the right thing for uh, for millions of faceless people. Right. 
And what's interesting about this movie is that it really it really tackles that head on because the whole character of Thanos is that he is he does actually you know we find out he does care about people mm. but he is the only one who's actually has the will and is going to do the terrible things he has to do to to you know to to accomplish his goal and so when when he has to kill Gamora you really do you really do believe that he that he cares about her in his own mm, twisted, twisted way, way. Right. yeah exactly because like his cause is like <clears throat> is bigger than she is and he knows right. that even though he doesn't want to fully, you know, like give into that, it's crazy because like the calls he has, is it was it is it is it utilitarian where it's for the greater good? Yeah, yeah, is sure. That, is that, I mean, it's one of those. It's one. It's a very you know. It's the ultimate ends justify the means. Right. right? Yeah. It's like he like he. I started to actually go. Well, you know, he's kind of right. <laughs> like I don't love it, but he's kind of right. Like he, his exact example was on Titan, where he said, you know, like. I said this to them, like, I'm yeah. like, hey, we have to, like, you know, shorten our population or we won't survive. And then he gets to the planet and it's decimated because they didn't do what he said. So now we have all these, all this, like, lost life in total versus the few, which I'll just kind of like, you know, this kind of makes sense in a way. Right. And it made it hard for me to go, well, he's a total, he's a total evil a-hole. Like, he's kind of right. Yeah, every, you know, every great villain, it's become a cliche to say that, like, good villains, the point of a good villain is that they think they're right. Right. Um, and Marvel Marvel does this in every movie. I mean, uh, Kaecilius in, in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. thinks he's right, you know. I mean, uh, uh, in Black Panther, uh, Killmonger, he, he thinks he's right. And frankly, you know, politically speaking, like maybe he is yeah, right. Right. Um, very uncomfortable, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I agree. Sitting sitting through some of that movie, but um, but like Thanos really isn't wrong. He is he is wrong. It's horrible. Yeah. But he he certainly has he certainly has a point. He has, he has a point. An there there are other ways to do what he wants to do. Yeah. But I, I mean, I just think there's a, there's a better way to do it. He could have used it and harnessed that power of the affinity like gauntlet in a different way. Uh, but speaking of which, I want to just get, I want to shift back over to that one cameo you wanted to mention. I don't want to lose that. Sure. So I, I, you know, so it's it, the Red Skull makes <laughs> makes a brief appearance. I was like, as, what? <laughs> yeah, as kind of a prisoner on the planet where the Soul Stone is secretly hidden, and um, so kind of a surprising cameo. Very exciting. When I first saw the hooded figure, I'm like, that sounds like Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. Wow, they got. Hugo Weaving and come back and do a voice, and it was actually the Red Skull, mm-hmm. which is really surprising because Hugo Weaving was very adamant that he would never come back and like play that character mm-hmm. again. He was. Um, so I'm guessing they threw a, a bunch of money at him. But oh sure. But it was a really great. It was a really great use of like a minor character that they'd left behind to kind of tie in, you know, tie off a story piece. And one thing I found really interesting about the character is that it seems like the years and probably the the humility of the the, the Infinity Stone's power have essentially beaten the Nazi like yeah. completely out yeah, of him. Really, he seemed really he seemed really <laughs> docile and just cool like all right, well, you know, you got to got to sacrifice something. So my thing is he said he held it in his hand. So I just wonder if he got to the point where he wanted to utilize it. And I don't, I don't really get it, but he couldn't because he can't. He has nothing to give because he has no love. He has nothing that he loves. That's a good point. You know or, that? So he's like, he, he, he got there. I was like, yeah. Mm, well, I can't do anything. And, you, and when you get there and you have nothing to love, it punishes you. 
is my assumption. Maybe. That's what that's what yeah. it seems like. Or at the very least, you're just, you're completely alone. Yeah. I mean, well, like, cause is it that he couldn't leave the planet? Because didn't he say he was, um, he was in prison there? Yeah, he has no power, right? Right. So, obviously, he didn't have the, uh, he no longer had the Tesseract, so, yeah. No, that was, uh, that was great. I, I was really happy with that little moment there. I was, at first I was like, what? I was like, but... They're using him really well. I'm like, I'm actually okay yeah. with it. I'm okay with this. This doesn't bother me at all. And I love those moments that you kind of see in a movie where you think, like, the screenwriters had a problem to solve, mm-hmm. and they found a way to solve that problem using tools within their universe, mm-hmm. and I really I really appreciate that. I think they worked that movie to, like, really play to audiences. Uh, what was it? What was it? Oh, uh, when Captain America met Groot, <laughs> he's like... I am, I am Groot. And he goes, I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> and it's like, he almost like, I feel like he's like going to turn around to the, the, uh, the screen and wink. <laughs> but okay. yeah, th- there are a lot of, like, I felt like all of the moments in the movie where they wanted the audience to like feel good or cheer or be excited, all of those moments were. Cap's introduction, when Thor comes back to Earth with, with the axe and just starts like you know, just lighting up all these monsters. Everybody cheered. Yeah, mine too. Like for like a minute, it was it was great. That was very exciting. I'm just I just don't. My question is like, so what's gonna happen next? Because like they killed off a lot of people, and I, I mean I kind of think I know what's gonna happen. So my guess is is that they're going to use the time gem or the affinity you know stones or gauntlet. So they have to get the gauntlet back. Well, but the gauntlet is like kind of frayed, isn't it? It's kind of destroyed. It, it was severely it, damaged. It was severely damaged, but it still, but it might still work because like Thanos is like, Ugh, and they just kind of like left. Yeah, that's true. So he he does use it one more time, right? And I guess the other thing is they could go back to the forge, mm-hmm. and he's still got the model for the gauntlet. Um, so a lot of questions before. So before we move on to speculation, yeah, 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 one yeah, question go. I want to ask go. you: Were you surprised by the? Okay, so couple couple questions. Okay. Which which grouping did you think worked the best? So we talked about Rocket and and, right. and Thor. What was another grouping you really liked? And were you surprised by the people that they chose to kill off at the end of the movie? Okay, so yes and no. So I'll say this: it felt like to me with the, with the, I'll start with that with the second question. So it felt like to me they chose to kill off characters strategically because we're left with a lot of the original Avengers now, like essentially. Okay. Like, they didn't kill off Cap. They didn't kill That's off true. Tony. They get they hit a fake out. We had a, a fake death for Tony. Um, we still have the uh, the Hulk. We still have who? Did. Wow, you're right. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all there. I think, yeah, right. Yeah, all the original Avengers are there. Oh god, that's they, right. So they kill off pretty, most of the side people. Even, okay. even Rhodey's still alive. Um, yep. Yep. And like they killed off like a few of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So everyone it, except Rocket and yeah. and Nebula. Yeah. Which was. Surprising. I was like, wait, what? Are you you doing what now? Yeah. yeah. And so, because at first I'm just sitting there going, like, what's going to, like, what are they doing right now? And it makes me think they're going to wind up putting them on a different, um, different, I don't know, plane of existence. Okay. Which, which might happen. I don't know. I'm just, it's just one of my thoughts. Because I know that originally uh, in the Affinity Wars, in the comic books, uh, they get transplanted to a planet where this might be a different thing. I might be right. I don't know. Someone tell me out there if I'm right or not. But they get transplanted to a different planet where the battle... Um, for the entertainment of the Beyonder and others. 
Oh, wow. And so think, it gets really cosmic. Yeah, it gets really cosmic. They get put on a different planet. There's random characters. Like, Wolverine gets pulled in there and different people. And they have to, like, <laughs> battle in, in a different world. So I wonder if they're going like, to all be sitting on a different plane of existence. And we're going to see that, too. Okay. But I don't know. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. I was not surprised by the people they chose to kill. Because it felt like a strategic choice to get us down to bare tactics. And they're going to, like, do something bigger than what we know. Okay. Expect. Okay, so as far as other pairings... Honestly, I honestly, <laughs> I really liked, um, and I'm gonna, I can't even think of her name right now. Who is the bald black Okoye? Bald, Okoye. I see. I, all the names are just so like escape me. Okoye, and working alongside of Black Widow, I just really dug it. And maybe it's like a girl and power Scarlet Witch. And Scarlet Witch, yeah. And like the girl power, like, even like the the one scene where Scarlet Witch comes down to help, and Okoye goes, <laughs> she's just like. Why was she up there the entire time? Like, she has powers. Like, we're up here, like, punching, fighting, kicking, using spears, stabbing stuff, <laughs> and she can just, like, lift up giant things yeah. and crush everything in one hit. Like, why would you have her up there? And you know, that joke completely made up for the ridiculousness of having her. Like, it was another one of those those classic moments where, like, the two lovers are basically, like, worried about their, their romance instead of worrying about the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You know, she looks out there, and you see the giant, like, world destroyers or whatever those things are, and I'm sure every one of the audience is thinking what I was thinking, which is like, like, come on, like, you can fucking magic the shit out of that. You know, so this is the thing, it's like a, a minor gripe, but I've had this before about this character since he's debuted in the movies, but I feel like Vision is kind of a waste. Vision has all this power in his forehead he can use, and he gets just his butt kicked around Constantly, he does nothing remotely impressive, especially for a powerful he's supposed to be. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, "Did you just get saved? Because he got saved in a subway earlier in the movie. Right? You got saved on more than one occasion by people without powers. Like that's true. Like you got saved by people who literally have no enhanced skills, and you can't defend yourself. What's the point of you being even in existence in this universe? Right. No, that's a great point. Um, He's definitely. More than, more than before, like in any other movie. I mean, in Age of Ultron, when they introduce him, he is, he I mean, is yeah, yeah. a huge force, right? Mm-hmm. And then in Civil War, he's, he's so much more concerned about, you know, Wanda. Right. And then, uh, you know, I mean, what they could have done is they could have, they could have kind of played up his, like how his guilt after injuring Rhodey. Mm-hmm. But that's actually not even really part of the movie. No. Um, you know, I, I, I'm good with the romance between him and Wanda. I think it suffers a level of underdevelopment from the same way that the rest of the characters in the movie kind of do. Yeah. But, like, I buy it. You know, they kind of established the dynamic a little bit in Civil War. Um, but, yeah, I mean, one thing... One thing that was kind of amazing about this movie, and I don't know if they can carry it out in part or in Avengers 4, mm. is that they they did a great job of kind of maintaining everybody's powers, and they they were being used... Like, their powers seemed believable. Like, they really struggled against the Black Order, and they were basically no match for Thanos, except when they really worked together, they could almost kind of get there. Um, and so, you know, even the more powerful characters like Thor and so forth, I felt like the powers... 
the powers really made sense to me. Mm. You know, I mean, like, even Black Widow, they keep finding good ways to use Black Widow, mm-hmm. even though she's she's mortal. They they pretty wisely left out the two the two human characters who would probably die. That like, was my instantly. that was my question. <laughs> what thing was weird to me is that like they kept in Black Widow, who, in my opinion, would and should die instantly in that fight. My opinion. I think she. You know, it's good that they they put her in the right circumstances, right? right. Like. Obviously, one of the Black Order fighters is more powerful than her, but she's got a, she's got a team around her. Right. Like when she's boots on the ground in Wakanda at the end, she's fighting monsters, but she's using weapons. She's got great tactics. She she has training. Like right. it's she's she's such a great pairing with Okoye because yeah. Okoye is formidable because she's just a lifelong fighter, right. and so is Black Widow. Right. Like Black Widow, that's what I was thinking too. Was you know she was taken as a kid and she was forced to be this this. Basically, a killing, killing so, machine. So. so how do you? So how do you feel about what they did with? Um, with I mean, I see Ant Man has powers though. So Ant Man, Ant Man could have been utilized. So I don't really don't understand shelving him, but we will find out in his movie. I think we need to revisit Ant Man after Ant Man and the Wasp yeah, come out. That's fair. Because yeah. I'm very curious, and I will say, big fan of Ant Man. It was one of my favorite surprises in this Sleeper series. Sleeper hit for me. Yeah, agreed. I actually just rewatched it before the movie here. I, I still really like it. Mm-hmm. It's just lighthearted and fun. It's a fun movie, yeah. But the problem with Ant Man and the Wasp is depending on where it takes place in the timeline. I think it's I think it takes place I think it takes place in the past, in my opinion. It has to. Because it if it takes place during or after Infinity War, that movie like the scale of this movie will basically make anything happening around it seem so insignificant as to be just completely pointless. So I have to assume that Ant-Man and the Wasp takes place during this period where Ant-Man is quote-unquote under house arrest. Right. Um, so that's him. With Hawkeye, I, I, you know, a lot of people, smarter people than me have talked about this. Hawkeye's character has always been a little bit lost in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally was a fan of how they used him in Age of Ultron. I, am too. I think that was kind of his movie. Yeah. Um, but since then they, they, they never really kind of picked it back up. And I think unfortunately it kind of made the most sense to just have him. Now I did have a great idea for, for Avengers four. Okay. I think they need, they should bring him back. I think he should show up at the beginning of the movie. And I think that he should be the only surviving member of his family. Oh geez. And I think that that would be epic if he comes back and he's like, my whole family's dead. Like, we need to get revenge. That is absolutely bonkers. Because I thought for sure, because as they were, they were killing the half the population, we were going to see Clint with his family, and he was going to fade away, or something like that. I thought we were going to get a quick a quick like cutaway to that. As it were, I but, could for sure see them doing that. Yeah. That seems like something Marvel might do. But in keeping with what you said about the original Avengers being alive... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think having his entire family die and disappear yeah. would give him that like level of rage that would that would kind of like make him a more because yeah. he's a good fighter like people fighter. complain oh a guy with a bow and arrow like whatever fuck that he's, he's a good fighter yeah. he's trained he's fast his bow and arrow does a bunch of cool shit yeah. like he's useful out there if yeah. nothing else he's smart no I agree so I just because I actually like his character and I hate seeing him get shelved it's like I think back to there was an animated series um it was like the first Avengers animated series from my childhood. I think it was like Avengers United, We Stand or something like that. Whatever. But um, you, you know, it was on Fox and it was people you know what I'm talking about. Um, 
Hawkeye was like the Wolverine of the group in the okay. in that cartoon. He had the raspy voice. And he always had an attitude problem and didn't really yeah. trust anybody and kept people at like a kind of a, a length. And you he was kinda, a soldier. He was a soldier. You kind of you wanted to like you wanted to see him succeed because he was so determined and so like yeah. I kind of wanted to see that version of Hawkeye on the screen so that people were like you know what he's scrappy and he doesn't care that he's not human and he has to like live that up. If Batman can survive the things Batman has done, there's no reason Hawkeye can't. I completely my, agree. My opinion. Like, totally agree. like, I don't know, but I don't, I don't know what he would do. Like, maybe get enhanced with some, like, te- like cyber thing that... They've probably done that in the comic books at some point. They've done everything else. But. Yeah, totally. You know, the thing is, like, I've always... I like Jeremy Renner, right? Yeah. Jeremy Renner, he's good. He's got presence. He's funny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I, I mean, like, you know, like we said, like, Age of Ultron, what was great about it is, you know, like, they've got that, that joke where, like, everyone else is being mind-controlled. And she's about to do it to him, and he turns the tables on her, and he's like, I've been through the mind control thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, he kind of becomes, he's kind of the smart guy in that movie. He is. Like, he's, he's the, you know, you see more of that, like, survivalist, like, I've got something to lose kind of attitude. Um, and I don't think that this movie was missing that, but I think it would be a shame to not have it at all in this in this big, like, two-part spectacular that we got going on. So, let me ask this. So, what do you think is the weakest part of the movie? Because I know you, I know you like, are probably more critical about it than I am, because I, I look at it from a standpoint of entertainment value, and for entertainment value, I was severely, I'm severely, I was extremely entertained, and I'm extremely happy with what I saw on the screen and what I experienced in the theater. I want to see it again and see if it holds up in a second viewing, but I am... I'm ecstatic. I was like, you know what? This is a good movie. This is a good story. Mm-hmm. Like, things didn't, didn't end in a way where I'm like, oh, they they, they, they wrapped it up tightly. Because I was kind of thinking at first, because I remember initially the film was um, going to be Infinity War uh, Part 1, and they're going to do yeah. Part 2. Okay. But now they're bridging it with, the, it seems like, the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. And then the next Infinity War, which is a great thing to do, because I don't want to wait two years to know what happened after all these people I know died. So... Yeah. So what do you think is the weakest part of the movie? So for you. My so okay, it's so I've got, I've got two criticisms. Okay. Number one I've already mentioned, I just don't think that most of the characters get enough uh screen time to considering like how important these characters are to us. Like it it really kind of sucks to me that my favorite character Captain America gets three great movies and then he's in this movie and Honestly, he's kind of just a plot device. Like yeah. the he maybe has a dozen lines. You see him fighting uh, Black Panther after having this great movie last summer. I have to imagine that anybody who really passionately loved Black Panther and then goes to see this movie is yeah. at least a little disappointed by how how things turn out with him. Yeah, dude. I was like, I remember I was just sitting there going, "They killed him!" Like after all yeah. of his all the, all the love and all like. They just and it wasn't even like a like a, like Spider Man got a good death. He just got a yeah. No, that's so true. <laughs> he's got a he just what? disappears. Yeah. And, and by the way, quick real quick sidebar about sure, that. Sure. Um. So he he disappears, but Okoye is still here. Mm-hmm. And I just want to throw it out there that this, even though this like Okoye doesn't get a ton of screen time in this movie either, mm-hmm. but this is so much more Okoye's movie than than mm-hmm. T'Challa's movie because Okoye. Has some great lines, yep. by the way. Mm-hmm. All of her lines are great. Really good um, moments. She gets awesome. She's awesome fighting. She gets paired up with these three awesome women, which like everybody wants to see the all these great female characters get their own movie. 
um, which they will now, like, yeah. more than ever. Oh, for sure. Um, and then Okoye's still there, and so you know she gets a chance to be in Avengers 4, at least, the, you know, especially oh, at the absolutely. beginning. Yeah. And it would be, they would be foolish not to have her. She's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I thought, you know, it was very glaring there. I thought, you know, Peter was a little so-so. Peter Quill. Oh, Peter Quill. Um, Peter Parker, I will say, very pleasant surprise. Spider-Man is all over this movie. Yes. I was very happy about yeah. that. They had kind of lied and said he he wasn't in it much. Right. He's in the whole movie. Yeah, they lied. Yeah, it was for great. sure. Um, so that's that's my number one criticism. Is And that, that kind of segues into my, my other thing, which I'm like you. I need to see it again. But my concern about this movie is that it, it's a great Thanos movie, and, and I think that'll hold up well. I what I don't think will hold up well is is this like the rest of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm worried that the scenes with the Avengers that don't involve Thanos or maybe them fighting the Black Order at least. Um, I'm just worried that they're so brief that when you're kind of rewatching this movie over and over again, the the pacing's just going to become kind of frustrating. Like you're not yeah. you're not getting these memorable moments that you got from from the other movies where they really had because the moments you end up remembering are really the scenes like where the characters kind of spend time together and, and interact and build mm-hmm. this chemistry. Um, I think that the movie gets better as it goes on. So like the last like 45 minutes, the pacing gets a lot better yeah. as they start being reunited in particular. Like there's no more uh, kind of cutting back and forth between places, which is a big help. Yeah, I was going to say, it jumps around a lot. It does, and not, not in subtle ways either. No. It's like Earth, and then they're in a Star Forge, which right. is totally different. I like, I like when they got to when they went into outer space. It was like space, and everybody in my theater laughed. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know it was also when they introduced the Guardians of the Galaxy in the movie, and they nailed that. They right? nailed it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's the thing. Like I feel like the tones meshed really well. Even okay, so the thing they did was with uh, I think Ragnarok, they meshed in the tones. Uh, from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies into Thor, so now when they're interacting, it just fits. It's so good. It's like it's like oh, paper mache. It's like it's not like a weird like oh we're gonna do this like a weird uh. I'm, I'm all over the place right now. They had this weird part where Peter Quill is uh, imitating Thor. And yes. I could not stop laughing. So funny. I was like laughing in my chair. <laughs> so I'm, I was talking about the thing that I'm actually like worried about on the second watch of this movie and I am really really worried about it not holding up when I'm not in a theater because again I feel like having the crowd with me on my own like I've had movies like that where I'm like oh I love that movie I'll get the DVD sit sit down at home watch it and I won't laugh at parts I laughed at because you know you get that like laugh influence when you're around other people and so and also some dialogue some pieces of dialogue I missed because people were talking over it or I heard a sure. sound or it was like kind of mumb, like mumbled so yeah. I want to watch it again to see if what people were laughing at or responding to was actually worth listening to oh but totally I am, but I am worried that it's not going to hold up uh, as a standalone as just a film like I genuinely enjoy um, Scott Pilgrim versus uh, The World right that's like one of my yeah. favorite movies of all time it stands up in every iteration I don't need I don't, don't need a crowd to enjoy that movie but this is one where, like, I'm sitting in the theater, and I, and I recommend this to everybody. See, see it in the theater. See it with people if you can. Funny enough, it's a little bit of a side. But uh, at the end of my movie, um, I'm walking out. You know, people kind of start talking to each other. Like, you don't know other people. Oh, There's yeah. People to go into. And then uh, people are like, so what's Captain Marvel going to do in all this stuff? And I start kind of explaining a little bit to a few people because uh, I know a little bit of background on Captain Marvel. Uh, there's a couple Captain Marvels right now, um, so 
keep that in mind. Uh, but I'll start explaining Captain Marvel. And I think there's a couple I'm talking to, and we're talking today about everything. We walk outside, get out the theater, and we're still going on and on about all this stuff. And then the girl that we're talking to goes, all right, well, I'll live over here. See you guys later. I'm like, oh, I thought I was your girlfriend, dude. Okay, she darts off. <laughs> and me and the guy are talking for a little bit. And he goes, all right, man, I'll live down here. See you later. And we talked for a good, like, ten minutes walking down the street and through the stairs and everything to yeah. get out the theater. And I'm like, man, we all went to that movie alone. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really exciting, though, like, how you build, like, communities around these. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very few movies like this where it really feels like you get to have a communal experience. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so special. And, like, it's so exciting to be in a movie theater on a night like this. And nobody's seen it. And everyone wants to be there. Oh, like, God, there are no casual fans at a, a city 7 o'clock first showing of a movie like Infinity War. For real. Everyone really was it, wants was to there, be there. Was there a line at your theater? So we got there. By the time we got there, they they had let like started letting in for our mm-hmm. theater. However, there were several queues for later showings, and also like when we left, like when because everybody got out at the same time because right. everyone sat <clears throat> through the credits. Right. And and I I mean it was a sea of people. Mm-hmm. They had to have had like five or six seven o'clock showings, and so the entire theater was just clogged. And you just know that like. Like, there can't be more than, than maybe 5% of the people in that theater who were seeing anything else oh, at, for sure. at that time. Yeah, I mean, was there, because uh, I remember there was a lady in my, it was weird, we, had, we had a long line, surprisingly. Okay. And the lady walked up and like was like, goes, what movie is this? And, she, and you know, oh, uh, Infinity War. She goes, oh, what's it about? And, start asking, and everybody's like. Look at her like, are you serious? Was she 86 Isn't years that old? that good? No, she's like probably 40-something. Good God. She probably just doesn't care about superheroes. Yeah, no, but, it happens. But no, there was like, like so I went to the theater by our by the apartment we, we both live near. Um, by the theater we both live near. Uh, and I got there at, I think the movie starts at 7 for me. And I got there at 6.01 because I'm going to go grab snacks and stuff and figure out my Oh, lunch. yeah, sure. And there was a tiny line. And then by the time the movie started, it was like humongous, like wrapped around <laughs> the entire theater. And like I got there at the perfect time. And I even I told like my girlfriend, I was like, you know, I got to go now. Just, it doesn't start for like an hour. I'm like, I have to go now. I'm probably already late. And I found out like, people have been waiting since four for the movie. Really? Just sitting there. I got my uh, I got my Nintendo Switch out. Oh, and started wow. like playing games with some people. Started talking to other people in line. It was like it was really cool. It was kind of like awesome. yeah, it was it was a, a good time. They just kind of like. You know, let's just all be nerds and geeks here, or just at least enjoy something stupid for a moment. And not, yeah. You know, not let the world, you know, drag us down. Do you ever get this sense? I said this to my friend. So, I saw with my friend Jimmy, who who I see, you know, so, so many movies with. Mm. I was actually supposed to see it with my best friend from, from like, growing up. Mm. Uh, but his wife actually is going into labor tonight. Mm. Uh, mm. They're inducing. It's not a surprise. But anyway, so he had to skip out, you, which you is, told me that, yeah. of course, completely understandable. But... I turn, you know, I turn to my friend before the movie and I'm like, you know, it's just, we're never going to get to see this for the first time ever again. Mm. And, and I love that. I love that feeling like that half hour, you know, you're so close. It's, it's okay. Like the waiting pain, like the waiting pain is over, but there's kind of a sadness to like, if I love this, I'm never going to experience it this way. Like where I'm so excited and Mm. I just, you know, um, and, and I feel a little bad about that. Like. Because I'll never, I'll never get to see it the first, the same way the you know the yeah. first time again. You're, I mean, it's life. Like, you know, you're, yeah, no, you're, such you're, you're never, you're never innocent more than once. You know, right? Yeah, exactly. I think my kids are like, you know, what's that moment that like breaks them out of like everything is awesome, 
And you're oh like, god, I you know. know. Let's not get into that though, because I like always have relish and want to go. I want to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another like good podcast that we should that we should talk about. But I, I mean, this is if this is Marvel's end game for phase for you know for the first. I mean, it's phase three, but mm. but it's really phase one, right? Like this is this is the original Avengers. And this is the the basically like the finish line. Like we are we're one year away from seeing like basically the end of of everybody we know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's awesome. I mean, this yeah. is you know I love all the Marvel movies. I think you do too. Mm-hmm. But like this is the first Marvel movie where where like the stakes are so high yeah. and and like it feels like there's real there's real consequences and. Okay, know. I mean, okay, you had you say that, I want to get a little bit into the speculation. Oh, yeah, let's do it. So I, because I was thinking about that, too, I was like, okay, what if these deaths stuck? What if they were like, oh, we're not wishing anybody back? What's the point? This, this is it. You know, but I mean, there's going to be more Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, I feel, I feel like they're going to, this is my speculation, that they're going to keep Gamora dead. Oh, you really think so? I think they're going to keep Gamora dead because she died at the hands of Thanos not at the hands of the wish that Thanos made. I'm going to call it a wish. At, you know, I, think that, yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. But that also means that we're going to also lose brain just die. Loki. We're going to lose Loki. because Loki's, Loki's dead. Loki, I, in my Loki, I mean, Loki also died at the hands of Thanos. But I also like feel like he's still such a fan favorite. But are we also wrapping... I'm not asking this because I don't know. Are we, are we also wrapping up the Thor movies? So... I yeah, his contract is up. Okay. So let's talk about literally let's talk about like real world logistics yeah, for a let's second. Do it, let's do it, let's do it. Um so the logistics that I think are most affecting, you know, are the fact that Chris Hemsworth's contra- contract is up. Yep. Chris Evans's contract is up, and Chris Evans has made it very clear in interviews that he's done. Yes, I knew that. So I think Cap he didn't die in this movie. I do think Cap is going to die in the next movie. I think sure. so too. I think what they're, they're going to do though is they're going to have um, Bucky play Cap. Yes. In the next set of movies because Winter Soldier takes over anyway in the comic book. Totally. So. If they even decide to continue with the character, they would but do, I think he'll take yeah. up the shield for right. sure. Yeah. Um, and oh, then oh. Robert Downey Jr.'s contract has honestly been up for years and he just kind of keeps re-signing on. Right. Because I think he has a lot of fun and he makes money. ungodly amounts of money. Oh God, yeah. So... I was shocked. I was shocked when when Thanos stabbed him. I was like, "This is it! Like yeah, they're killing too. Tony." Yeah. I'm like, "I'm okay with it." And this, you know, this is a good death. Like this is a good way to go. Yeah. I was shocked when they did when they when they brought it back. Yeah, me too. I was like, "Wait, really?" He's. It's like, oh shit! Is he's he, still alive? Is he pulling a Leia right now? Yeah, it, a little bit. Like it wasn't a cheat. He was stabbed on the side. Yeah. But. But it they better like it have fatal. they better have a really good thing like in mind for him in the next you know in the next Cause, portion. Cause I feel like now they can't kill him. They can't they can't kill him now because they did a fake out death. Yeah. Unless unless it's unless an interesting point. Unless that wound is like slowly killing is, him. It still is like not necessarily like so soldered soldered. Uh, sutured. Sutured. There you go. Yeah. Well, Close. he used nanobots, so I think it's oh yeah. Safe oh yeah. We're gonna that. He's gonna be okay. Oh yeah. Um. So, so you know, like when you think about real world, like the real world yeah. kind of infringing on storytelling, mm-hmm. those are kind of the big three where I'm like, okay, I don't think Thor is going to get killed off personally. Okay. Um, I'll partly I'll because sure. I think he, like you mentioned, he fits in the best in the cosmic universe that they're building yeah. compared to the other characters. What I think is more likely is with Thor, they'll just kind of retire the character 
like he'll still exist, but they won't really bring him in. Mm. Who knows? Maybe in like five, ten years, he wants to do another one, and they like build him into something. Right. Um, I do think Cap's gonna die. I still think Tony's gonna die, but I could be wrong about it. Um, the one thing I don't want to see is like, I don't. I'm not saying I want all these deaths to right. stick. Obviously, Black Panther's not dead. Right. Um, under yeah. no circumstances. No way they're gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think everyone who who was vaporized will come back. Um, I think maybe Vision might be done. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I don't I, just, I don't like the character. I don't it really, makes I don't sense. I don't like Vision to be honest. In this, in they this haven't done enough with him, like you said. Yeah. Like he's a tool, unfortunately. Yeah, he is. You know. Um, but I think they'll bring all those characters back. What about Gamora? So I go back and forth on Gamora. You know, I it's it's kind of hard for me to picture a Guardians three without Gamora. And she's such a good character. See, I try I try to do the same thing, but here's what I see happening. It's just my thought. I see them replacing Gamora with her sister and, yeah, having, ha- and having the sister now be attractive. And they do they do that in movies sometimes. Like they'll like do a thing or they'll give her they'll probably give her hair. Being real. They'll give her hair, they'll make her attractive, she'll become the new foil uh to uh Peter Quill, and they'll probably have them like potentially hook up and have a love story between them, which I know sounds weird, but I can see it. I hope they don't do that. I'd be fine with her taking the Gamora, like, spot as far as, like, being the badass female warrior. I don't want to see her as, like, jumping in and being the love interest. Because nothing about her character would remotely justify that. Oh, at all. And (laughs) and that's why I think it'd be awkward. I think they like, they like, I feel like they set up that universe. And this is how I characterize the uh, second movie as as a sitcom. I feel like it was a, it was a. Good movie, but it was a sitcom. It's a hangout movie. Yeah, it was definitely. And then to me, it was like, it was, but it really felt like an actual sitcom. And I could see that being a situation in a, in a sitcom. Yeah. Which is why I could see that happening. Like, oh, you know, this one character moved on, but now our sexy sister's moved into town. Yeah. Like, I just, I honestly see them, for some reason, giving her hair. Because uh, the actual actress who plays her is really attractive. Oh, yeah, like, Karen Gillan. And I had no She's idea. Gorgeous. I was like, what? It's like, for real? You put a... She's very cute. And the real character in the comic books doesn't look anything like how they painted her up in the movie. So oh, really? So he's made an artistic choice to make her look like that. Oh, okay. So I'm like, yo, what? But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I could see Gamora's death sticking. Yeah. I, um, I don't want it to, but... No, I like. I really like her. But at the same time, like good storytelling means that... They have to keep some of it, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. at least they have to create more in the next movie. Oh, for sure. I mean, because we, we all know Spider-Man's not going to be dead. No, like, They can't do that. They, like, they do... have franchise concerns. <laughs> oh, I, mean, for, I mean, that's the real world implication coming in, though, is that they have franchises that just still I, keep alive. I hope that, like, Sony executives saw this movie and they, they like, turned over to Kevin Feige and they're like, you're bringing him back, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's like, yeah, don't worry. So, I'm, so my thought, here's my thinking for like the future. So I think once we get out of this phase, because uh, Spider-Man is going to have to continue in a, in a universe, and I think they're going to keep the same actor, because I think this actor is, I mean, Tom Holland works really well, and I would love to see him grow into the role. And, like, they finally have up. a Spider-Man that works. Yeah, they do. I mean, I, I like Andrew Garfield. I think he was good. I liked Andrew Garfield, but nobody liked his movies. Right, I know. I, I liked his movies. I, like, I thought they were good movies. I liked his movies, but I didn't need more of them. Right, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, they weren't like must-haves. But so this Spider-Man, I see them going into a realm where... They introduced more Marvel characters for him to team up with. I think he does really well when he's teaming up with somebody. Because uh, this is my speculation that if that whole I think Fox Marvel thing goes through, that Fantastic Four is going to be the next team up that Spider Man gets 
in the far off future. I'm not saying right now, not even in the next movie, maybe in like the third movie of Spider Man. Mm-hmm. But I can see them bringing in the Fantastic Four for him to work with. I would love to see a Doctor Doom movie made by the these Marvel people. I would too. I, I don't want to see another Fox one. No, I do not. But I do want to see a Kevin Feige. Doctor you know what's Doom. hilarious is that I actually loved the Fox or uh, Fantasy Four first set of movies when I was a kid because that's when it came out. Yeah, they I, were kids movies. They were good yeah, kids movies. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed them. I, I bought both of them. I got a special edition uh, version of the uh, Silver Surfer one. Did you? Because I love Silver Surfer. I was a Silver Surfer like oh, fiend. Okay. And I would love to see them tackle the Silver Surfers. I think they have a lot of characters still to kind of like go over. So like, even though we're gonna lose the Avengers, there's still more people they can bring out that we haven't seen yet. Especially if this merger goes through. If the merger doesn't go through, I don't know. Yeah. This is a side note. I know we're talking about the the Infinity uh, War. We'll come back specifically, to it. but I want to jump and see. Ask, have you seen the Venom trailer? Okay, I was just gonna segue to that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I saw it. They played it before my screening. I had seen it before. They didn't play it in my screening. Oh, really? Like, why? Would they, what? Oh, you know what? Because it's because it's the landmark, and the landmark wouldn't play trailers for movies uh, they won't show. That's why. Continue. So regular theaters will be definitely be showing the movie. Um, so I think the movie looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like Sony adamantly said that that this Venom movie isn't part of their Spider-Man universe, which is the biggest mistake of all time. Absolutely. <laughs> Huge mistake. And what is the voice that Tom Hardy is making in this fucking That's movie? what I said. To, okay, that was my number one criticism. I'm sitting there going, are you like... I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but like, he's lisping in the movie. So he... He just does that, first of all. But like, he, he has actually, like, a very kind of a high-pitched voice. Yeah, yeah, I know, but he, he didn't Like do, a soft voice? But he didn't do that really in Batman. He didn't do that really in other films I've seen him in. When you listen to him talking in a lot of the movies where he's being more, like, more Tom Hardy, yeah. I would say. Okay. Like, when you listen to Tom Hardy talk, like, just normally, he's kind of soft-spoken, actually. He yeah. does, almost has, like... I don't want to say a feminine voice, but a lower register. Yeah, I know. And right, that yeah. kind of leads to that kind of like almost like 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 hissing yeah. sound. Okay. And um, this fucking accent, it's like it's it's just like he watched some movies about Brooklyn gangsters. That's what I was thinking. And, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm a tough guy in Brooklyn." Like <laughs> that's exactly what I was like. What? I was like, what? I was like, what? And the thing is, I wish it wasn't Eddie Brock because there've been other Venoms. And because I I want I want to see Venom in another Spider Man movie put like done better yeah. or done well yeah well Tom Hardy's a great choice for Eddie he, Brock he is technically but they they're scrapping by not doing the Spider Man connection they're scrapping everything about Venom that makes Venom compelling which yep. is the story with his father yep. and like you know he he's a very tormented like villain who turns into a super violent hero that's also obsessed with Spider Man because of the way that he views him being crazy. Right. Him, the only Spider-Man is ruining his life, and that's that is what actually gets the Venom calls him to have that giant like spider on it because of the interaction right. with Peter Parker from the initial like he's a dark Spider-Man, right? Basically, and it's just it's weird that they don't even have like the black suit thing, which I think they don't probably tackle on them, but they have to. It's like one of the best like I don't know one of the best stories they have. So I think they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll tackle it in the future and hopefully get it right without this universe being connected. But I watched the trailer. And aside from the voice that Tom Hardy is doing, whoever is voicing Venom is also doing a very hacky job. 
I've I've seen it's it's the classic like monster voice, right? It's, like it's, yeah, it's weird. It's also weird to me. I don't know. Hey. I don't know why. It feels like to me they have a black actor doing it, and nothing against having black actors in roles. I'm, I'm all about that, obviously. But my thing is that like it just it doesn't fit because it's supposed to be a amalgamation of Eddie Brock's voice and the symbiote speaking. So you okay. should have a duality in the voices because he's kind of being insane, and it's not. It's like oh, that's interesting because it feels like it was saying. The, the symbiote is saying, we will do whatever we want, right? But what it should be is the symbiote is his own voice and needs you to live, and them working together is a we. So it's not oh, the symbiote okay. having its own personality and its own yeah, desires. Yeah, yeah. It's the combination of insanity of Eddie Brock, which are making him to a hero in this movie, obviously. Which, yeah, but that would and actually bring, that would bring a lot more of an interesting character aspect to, it, to the story, too, which is like, if it's just his voice... Is he just going crazy? Right. Right? Like, oh, does this thing have a mind of its own? Or is he actually just, like, losing his freaking mind? Um, yeah, no. This There's very little chance, I think, that this movie ends up being anything better than, like, mediocre as hell. The other thing I was going to criticize, which actually bring, can allow me to bring it back into the Infinity War, is that they had the, the wrong, or I was just lied to by Spider-Man the Animated Series in the 90s, uh, about the way they pronounce symbiote. Oh, it's sim. Yeah, it symbiote. Like symbiote. What the fuck? Oh, can I tell you one thing? I had so <laughs> soon, so I watched the trailer. As soon as that happened, I went on. I was. I wrote a comment on YouTube, and immediately, and like within thirty minutes, I have the number one comment with like four hundred likes, and all I wrote was symbiote. This Spider-Man the Animated Series lied to me, and it's everybody on YouTube is like, "Yeah, what the f is a symbiote?" It's like, nope. I'm like, "You're right." Didn't I'm, my my thought is like, did no one at all who in that in that entire production crew go? It's symbiote. You should probably say it right. Like, yeah. No one ever just correct the, the actress. The people who are going to see this movie are going to care about this. Like that's a big like no, that's a big mispronunciation. But then again, I heard people pronounce other things differently. Uh, in the uh, Infinity War movie, so I'm hoping it's okay. just, I'm hoping it's just the actress, which I could it's, it makes more. That's sense a good to me. question. Yeah, it's just her. It's not a, everyone in the right. entire. But movie. she was featured so loud. It was twice. So, she said it twice. It was so. I'm like, what? symbiote. Stop. <laughs> her pronouncing it symbiote, like painfully doing every sentence, is right up there with the way that they pronounced uh, Ong. Mm. In the uh, in the last Airbender movie, mm-hmm. where they're like, "Oh, we pronounced it correctly. This is how this is how Asian people would pronounce it." Yeah, but but this is based on a cartoon, right? <laughs> I mean, you I mean, you just gotta you gotta go with the source material. But it's yeah, funny. I mean, I've heard it called symbiote in every other instance, including in science class, because it is an actual thing. But somebody else, okay, maybe it's her accent. She can have what she wants. But it just it grated in my nerves. Yeah. Oh no that that trailer. That trailer is not good. Like, yeah. there's just and the only thing about it. I I will I will say is like it's much better than the first trailer they had for Venom, which didn't actually feature Venom mm-hmm. at all. And that is a textbook example of how I get it. Your special effects aren't done, mm-hmm. so don't put out a trailer. I agree completely. <laughs> there's no reason to hype it and then just call it V. I'm like, okay, stop. Yep, just stop. But yep. but I will say that Venom does look good. Yeah, it looks right. It, look, it looks like looks like Venom. Like looks they cool. like they follow the model. Scary. They, they, yeah, I mean they follow the model. They didn't do anything really weird. Like yeah. I don't know. Like I, I he's a, right now, my opinion that I would like to see if they ever get to this point is I think it'd be kind of cool 
to see The Rock play Venom, which is what I thought was going to happen when Trevor Grace got the role in the other movie. Okay. But maybe that's because I'm thinking about the other franchise. Like, this is before The Rock also was, like, in every movie. This is when he was just still, yeah. like, kind of, like, hanging out around there. Like, one day, he's supposed to be Black Adam, maybe, right. like... Well, the thing is, like, so The Rock, when I, when I wanted him to be cast, wasn't a hulking monster. Okay. I like his personality of being, like, kind of a, a little bit of a douche, but, yeah, like, yeah, a yeah. likable douche. That's what I wanted to see Eddie Brock be played as. Now that he's so huge and, like, a, a different... Like, he's already, like... The symbiote will just, like... Get on him and like not even get bigger. Like, he's supposed to get like a little bit bigger. That's bulky. true. Yeah, but like the rock, the rock should honestly, if anything, should motion capture the suit for for oh my somebody God. else. Yeah, I mean it would fit, which is funny because that's not I mean, obviously not going to happen. It won't happen, but it would fit. I mean, I would. Yeah, see it. yeah, exactly. Right. So, do you have any other speculations for Infinity War? Any other thoughts on Infinity War? Man, that's a good question. Um, so, I I don't really have much in the way of speculations. Mm-hmm. I. You know, it'll be really interesting to see how they play it out. I mean, I have to assume that basically the first half of part four is going to be them trying to, you know, find a way to steal the Infinity Gauntlet and then hopefully kind of just reversing everything Thanos did and then having like one giant final battle. Do you think that that Cade uh, Blanchett's Hela death is mm-hmm. going to play a part in, in part four? I, I don't. Okay. I, I, I don't. You I just, think they've just chosen to completely. Of just ignore that that part of the comic. No, I don't think they're gonna ignore it. I just I just think that they didn't allude to it at all in the previous movie. Yeah, and so they're they, maybe they're gonna shelve it. Maybe they'll have an answer to it. But I just don't. She because I don't know because I, I, I liked her character. She did a really good job. Yeah, I liked her too. It's Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I just I don't know. She's I just amazing in that suit. I just yeah. I just don't. I don't. I just don't think that they like gave her enough emphasis to allude to it in a big way they might give a nod to it they might even like make a crack a joke about it I can see them doing that okay but yeah, I, don't I, think I don't think they're gonna actually like make it into a big deal um but I have a piece of speculation floating around in my head right now because like they they threw out the, the like the last thing we saw if you stayed after the credits which you should stay after the credits oh, I did, yeah. everyone did I think everyone did yeah like not like anybody left them out there normally a few people a few clues people leave like I don't know something happening but everybody sat through, everybody in that theater, because it's a Thursday crowd, everybody in that theater sat through and was just like, yo, we're doing this. So they showed, of course, um, Agent Hill, Maria Hill, fading away. And then for some reason or another, um, <laughs> Nick Fury had a few more seconds to live than she did. So he just like goes yeah. goes running and then decides to like duck it by a car and then it starts to fade away and then presses the button and then we see the symbol for the corpse the core that uh, Captain Marvel works for. So okay. that's alluding that we're going to be going into the Captain, Captain Marvel movie. Is that which, Carol Danvers? Is that her yeah, name? That's okay. right. Yeah. Sure. So I'm thinking that we're going to have portions of you know what happened into in Infinity War bleed over into that movie and that maybe be a, be a part of the Avengers franchise. So you know that Captain Marvel set in the 90s though, right? No. Didn't know that. Oh, it is set in the 90s. So that takes and away it involves my... the Skrulls. That's that's awesome. I like the scrolls. Yeah. So that's well, the that's are. the one thing. So, so it's gonna be it's basically a Captain Marvel and Nick Fury team up, and Nick Fury may have both of his eyes in that movie. <laughs> I did not see. I, okay, like, I known, thought you knew that. I've known nothing about this movie, so my speculation was that they were gonna tie this in and have it be like in between. Okay. And explain some of the stuff. So no. So maybe we are waiting like two years. Two years for the next movie. 
uh, next year, next thankfully. Year. They filmed it at the same time. All right. Okay, good. So we'll find out next year what happens next then. Never mind. I was like seriously going like, they're working in Captain Marvel? That's cool. But, man, that blows. Uh, sorry, dude. No, you're good. But, hey, it's it's only a year. And that's, and that's okay. I mean, it's better than a Star Wars movie. This was, by the way, way better than than both of the the new Star Wars movies. Well, I really liked Last Jedi, right. but this was better. Well, they, I mean, they have different tones. I mean, Star Wars are normally are slower paced movies. They carry on different. They never carry on different tones. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not gonna see these movies compare head to head. I wouldn't compare them head to head because there's a lot less characters. There's a lot more. I guess like. I would say, like, focus on attention to detail in the background, and even just, like, the, the universe being built. Uh, I know they've been building a universe with this whole Marvel thing, but I just think that, like, Star Wars tries to do it in each movie one at a time, and they have a smaller movie than three. They have, like, ten, like, what, almost, like, what, ten years of movies to build up the yeah. universe? So it's it's not a fair comparison, in my opinion. So, I don't want to turn this into a, yeah, a Star fine, Wars podcast. Fine, fine, the fine. one thing I will say about this is that it really did feel like the culmination of 10 years worth of movies in a way that no one's ever pulled off before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really, they they definitely pulled that off. Mm-hmm. Like, That's I have true. some crit- critiques about the movie, but this was the this was a movie that could only exist after you, you built 10 years of movies, mm-hmm. and that's great. Um, and the thing about the Star Wars movies I find frustrating is that there's no... When they started out, there was no overall vision. Right. Uh, so much so that uh, I don't know if you heard, but um, apparently, uh, apparently, like J.J. Abrams really had kind of different things in mind as far as like secrets, like you know who Ray's parents right. were, did, right. and that sort of stuff. Um, and it kind of frustrates me a little bit that they're each kind of reacting to the previous movie instead of of sitting down together and being like, this is what we like this to be. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. That bothers me a bit. It bothers me a lot, actually. I was like, why wouldn't... Because I know that, I mean... Maybe it's because that's tradition. Because I think that George Lucas, love the man, lied and said he had things planned out and he didn't. You think so? I know he did. He had I, to. Because it, because they changed, like, they changed things from the original script uh, when the second movie came out. Like, you know, Luke and Leia being related. Right. All of a sudden, not related anymore. There's lots, of, lots of little plot holes that tell you they didn't plan out things. They yeah. just reacted to the other movie and changed things. I can see that. I do believe that Lucas had no idea what he was going to do when he made A New Hope. Right. But I think that after A New Hope, he did start to kind of think things through a bit. But a little bit. Anyway, that's a, that's a another discussion story for another, another time. But. Yeah. Honestly, I'll say this if you're going to close it out. No, let's do it. That I ended this movie like, wow, that was good. And then my next thought was, I feel really bad for DC. I just do. I, and I know, you know there's like, I don't have to feel bad for them. I don't need to. They're an entity. They, they can hire better writers. They can hire people to make a, a story plot. They have people with their helm who've done it for their animated series. So I shouldn't feel bad for them. But I do. Because I actually did enjoy, I know I'm one of the few, I did enjoy Justice League. And I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it was actually packed. It was a lot of fun. And in the same way that I feel about this movie, but this is just a tighter movie. They, they, they have their things in place. And they were like, yo, this is good. We're doing this. We're holding it together. Let's rock out until the very end so people can like walk out of these, these, this theater with their heads held high or low if that's what they want to give the, you know, the, leave the audiences with. But when I say low, I mean like emotionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't feel bad for DC. I'm a DC guy. Mm-hmm. I grew up with DC. Me too. 
I don't feel bad with DC because like they're th- th- this isn't even a case of of a company making bad movies because of business decisions. Right. They're making bad movies because they're bad at making business decisions. Mm. Because the safest business decision that they could have made when they started launching this new DC universe um, a, a few years ago is that they just had to copy Marvel. Yeah, they had the blueprint right there. Yeah, not only did they have the blueprint, but these movies are not directly competing with each other. Right. So they could have literally gone to the writers, the directors. Hell, some of the fucking actors, if they wanted to, and they could have asked them to make a movie. Yeah. Like, Batman vs. Superman was a mess. Why Why didn't they hire Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, the guys yeah. who wrote this movie, mm-hmm. who wrote Civil War, and who wrote the previous two Captain America movies? Yeah. Those guys have clearly mastered the very difficult art of writing a movie for, like, 20 leading characters. Well, it feels like they'd be, like, in a... They'd be... Quote unquote, it sounds dumb, but like, we're cut, they'd be copying, but then you brought in Joss Whedon anyway, so I don't know. Well, that's the thing, yeah, absolutely. Joss Whedon, like, I think that, I just think that that DC, I think that at this point, DC are putting the wrong, like, their eggs in the wrong baskets. Um, but I think that when they started out, I, I just, I just think that they bet on the wrong guy. I mean, Zack Snyder. Uh, it's no secret that Zack Snyder wanted to make a Batman movie for for a couple decades, right? And he has a strong relationship at Warner Brothers, and so they gave him the reins. And I love Man of Steel, and I'm one of the few people who actually liked Batman versus Superman. I am too. But nonetheless, he's not the right guy. Yeah. Like I think anybody who's seen his previous movies would say, like, generously speaking, he's a mediocre filmmaker. Right. Uh, and more importantly, he's just not like. He's not a Kevin Feige. Right. Uh, DC tried to establish a Kevin Feige. They put in Jeff Johns. I remember that. Uh, and Jeff Johns was kind of working with, with Ben Affleck. But we've we've definitely seen that Ben Affleck's commitment to the brand, it just... It's not there. It, I think it was when he was making Batman versus Superman. And I think that when the bad reviews started rolling in and he was on these press tours getting kind of shit on and... I, I think I think he must have had some realization where he's just like, I don't need this. It's weird because you know? people liked his character in the movie. Though. Everybody liked Ben Affleck's Batman when like, the movie like, came out. Like, so I don't get why he would personally be like, well, I don't know. It's got to suck to be in a bad movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And frankly, I think Ben Affleck has good tastes. He does. Um, and, and so he probably thought it was a bad movie. Like, he probably saw it and he, and he was probably like, oh my god, this movie fucking sucks. Yeah. And and if that's the case, like, how do you stick with that? So that's fair. I mean, anyway, I would, I, would, I would like to see them. Like, I don't know, DC. I like to see them as capitalized with what they with what they have, which is basically just Wonder Woman. But I like to see them just let's just reestablish this entire universe and let's go one by one. If I have to be alive another ten years to see the rest of these movies, I will just go one by one, do three movies a year like Marvel did. And actually built out a, a real world. I get it that you have actors in place already. Scrap them. Just start over. Yeah. And build out a real a real universe. Give us a real reason to want these characters together. If you have to, do buddy cop movies. But like, and do, and do you know, two years. I know you guys want to accelerate and catch up. But there is a better way to do this. And I've seen it done in different formats. So, I mean, and we just saw it in this Infinity War movie. We saw what happens when you yeah. take your time and build out a world. Even Marvel has stinkers. I mean, Iron Man 2 is trash, in my opinion. Iron Man 2 is bad, Couldn't and, and it, it really doesn't hold up. Yeah, it doesn't hold up. Thor, Age of Ultron was iffy for me. It's still iffy when you rewatch it. I think there's a lot of good things about that movie. Yeah. 
but it's it's definitely like one of their lesser movies. Mm-hmm. Thor: The Dark World is hard to watch. It is hard to watch. I rewatched it. I did a Marvel rewatch with my roommates. It's so dull. Mm-hmm. It's so dull. The villain is abysmal. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing there. Marvel's had Marvel's, funny. Marvel's like, had Marvel's had weak villains throughout this. They tenure. have a serious vi- villain problem. Yeah. So much so that every time there is a good villain. People kind of lose their minds. Like, like he's the best one. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. No, Killmonger. Like everybody, everybody was like, Killmonger's the greatest. I'm like, Killmonger is Malcolm X. That's okay. Yeah, Killmonger is good. I mean, Killmonger is a good, strong villain. Um, Thor- Thanos, really good. And frankly, like let's not let's we forget that people were literally making fun of Thanos in the previous movies mm-hmm. for how ineffectual he was. Mm-hmm. Like they introduced this guy as the big bad for the universe at the end of the first Avengers, mm-hmm. and then he basically just proceeds to fail to get an Infinity Stone for the next, like, two phases, mm-hmm. until finally he just says, like, screw it, I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, that's that's another thing. Um, yeah, so Marvel's not perfect, but the thing that Marvel has that DC... Like, DC is in a tough position right now, because... The thing about Marvel is that even their worst movies, they're not bad in a way that screws up the next movie. Mm -hmm. Like, that movie, you might not really love to watch it, but if you're doing a marathon, you can sit through it, or hell, you can skip it, and the thing is, the next movie's gonna be good. Yeah. Like, Thor the Dark World sucked, but it didn't stop Thor Ragnarok from being awesome. Right. You know? I mean, I feel like it's, like, I feel like Thor the Dark World, it... Suck, but it didn't suck in a way where it wasn't at least moderately entertaining. It was a duller it, movie. It was a slower paced movie. It's hard to watch, but it still had good things about it. Sure, that, that I think kept it from being like an abysmal movie that no one would ever want to yeah. watch again. Well, and the most important thing is the bad movies are true to the characters, and there are no plot holes. Right, they don't create this big like plot continuity issue where you can't fix it. Right, the DC movies are nothing but bad characterizations and plot issues that you're going to have to deal with later. The biggest ones being like Superman is way too dour. Yeah. He's not fun. No. Batman kills people, which I'm actually kind of okay with, but like most people cannot, cannot abide. Um, So you can't just say like, okay, screw it. We're just going to focus on Wonder Woman, which was good. And then, you know, we'll see if this Aquaman movie turns out well, which personally I think it will actually. Um, I did. I did like Aquaman. I like him fine. He's, Aqua bro. He's Aqua bro. Yeah, Aqua but bro whatever. Sure. It's a characterization. Yeah, it works. I'll take. I'll take that. Like my thing about these DC movies is that they have a vision. Right. You might not like it. The problem with Justice League is that it kind of reneges on that. I liked the tone. Like we've discussed, how yeah. it kind of feels like the old like animated series. Mm-hmm. Because it's more lighthearted. That's what. That's what I was digging. I was like hundred yeah. percent into that. I, I like, like that. Hey, I think the movie this. has a lot of issues, but I like the tone. Pick a better villain. Like, god damn, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's horrible. You know what's funny is that actually I liked him as a as a cheesy cartoon villain. That's that's how I like liked him. I was like, oh, this reminds me of Saturday morning cartoon. It probably shouldn't have. That's the no. problem. If the movie was half an hour long, it would probably be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to jump back into. Into uh, Infinity War. Infinity War. Please do. I know this is the longest podcast ever, but uh, guys, we no. only ever give you guys like fifty minutes, so you're welcome. I and guess. And we space them out really, really far. You yeah. Go. So enjoy this this major yeah. like giant episode. Yeah. Um. So, speaking of 
uh, of like future movies kind of mm-hmm. like messing with previous movies. Yep. The beginning of this movie kind of ruins Ragnarok and how much fun it is. Explain. Go jump into it. So because, because, because you're right, but I want to explain this. At the beginning of this, like within 15 minutes at the beginning of this movie, every Asgardian except Thor is dead. Yep. And Thanos kills Loki. Yes, yep. I'm like, I was sitting there going, wait, did you just say that he killed everybody on your, on your ship? And by the way, I they didn't emphasize this, but Krog's dead, guys. Yep. Krog's fucking dead. Yep, yep. That's, that's so sad. That is really sad. He's such a good character. So, no, it's, and, that, so and, that's what, and that's why I'm like wondering, like, are they gonna do more Thor movies? I'm like, well, you killed all the Asgardians, and now it's just Thor hanging out with his haircut. By the way, if they did, this wasn't the tone. It wasn't the right tone. Right. And they went with a, a plot-heavy post-credit sequence, which was great. They it did. was the right move. Mm-hmm. I will say they totally could have done a little clip in the middle of the credits where Krog's just floating through space alive because he's like a rock monster. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. 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 Somebody, no, somebody want to pick me up? No, man, but it's, yeah, they definitely, yeah. Gosh. They really took the piss out of Thor Ragnarok they did. there. I mean, see, the thing is, I, want, I wanted to be, like, mad about that. But I kind of like they got right into it. Like, okay, well, people are going to die in this movie, so get used to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all all those uh, Asgardians, dead. So now, what I think needs to happen is they need to make the next movie, Thor gets somebody pregnant. Thor, I think, like, Thor falls in love would be a good... I think Thor needs to, somebody needs to be pregnant with his baby. Like, I, I just think that they need to have a, a lineage. Oh, oh, like, yeah, this idea that, like, yeah. oh, there will be more Asgardians. Yeah, just something like, just something like, like that. Because I feel like you get that a lot in the comic books where, like, you know, like, Antares is wiped out and you get the baby in the basket that has, like, the spark in its eye that's, like, sure, yeah, clearly, yeah. like, still, like, Asgardian blood out right. there in the world. But I feel like maybe I'm wrong about him needing to get somebody pregnant and he needs to be another, like, super being. So that the baby yeah, is, is, it's like, an interesting question, like, who, you know... Like, who would be a good love interest for Thor? So, um, and I don't know. So you said that Carol Danvers is dead in this movie. Not dead, not dead sorry. Wrong. Oh, no, no, Carol no. Carol Danvers is, is set in the 70s. She's not in the next movie in the, uh, the Captain Marvel so, so movie. So Captain Marvel's set in the 90s. Okay, so in the 90s. Okay, so my thinking is that if they're gonna tie in the Captain Marvel core, I don't know what they're uh, called. I don't, I don't know either. what they're called. No Whatever. Idea. But they're going to tie in that core, because it sounds like that's what they're going to do based on the, the in the credit scene. They're going to tie in that core for help. Then maybe Carol Danvers, as an older woman, comes back, because she's not, you know, not, not aging. She's going to be like, just like in her 40s or something like that. Comes back in this movie, in the next movie, and is now, like, you know, has now been, like, tested through time. It's done all this stuff. It's been, like, you know, through the ranks long enough now, and she's up there. Like, what, what do you see them doing with the character that's really going to be effective uh, for the next movie. Well, so she's super powerful, right? Right. So, I don't know. I don't know enough about the character. Um, but certainly, like, it'll be a big deal to have this super being kind of show up and, you know, and, like, and try to help them. Like, is she going to say, like, like, who do you... I guess this is my question. Let me rephrase my question. Who do you think is going to save the day ultimately? And who's going to be the big final... If you had to pick one person, one character, or maybe even two, so, to save the, save the day and actually... Take down Thanos because there's a, a plot thread that I've noticed throughout the movie is that, and I think it's the Hulk scared. The Hulk refuses to come out in this movie. We haven't talked about yeah, that yet. I, I, Hulk, I'm glad you brought it up. So the Hulk refuses. Let's 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 cover your question, but I, let's come yeah. back to that in a second. Then, so my big thing is, 
throughout the movie, they do a good job of showing that when the Avengers work together, or at least when our heroes work together, they have a real chance. Right. Like, when they're on Titan, they basically had the Infinity Gauntlet. But the problem is that Peter Cole's an idiot. Yeah. Well, he's emotional, right? He's human. Um, so anyway, uh, which goes back to the theme I mentioned, though. Like, he he couldn't bury his emotion right. and do what had to be done. Um, but that my, my point is, I do not think it should not be one person. Mm. It should be a team effort. Mm. That is, that's what's always made the Avengers movies great. Every Avengers movie so far, there have really been two, but every Avengers movie so far has ended with the Avengers as a crew, like just beating down, like raining down hell on the enemy. Mm. And, and that's why those movies are so great. And in fact, I would argue like Civil War, which is kind of the unofficial third Avengers movie, the whole thing about that movie is that it's the anti-Avengers because it ends with them falling apart right. um, and turning on each other. So I think that the whole thing about this next one is like like you said, they've boiled it down to basics and it'll be about them really coming down together as a group and like hopefully at the end, you know, in the, like in the final set piece of the movie when they've reversed the Infinity Gauntlet or whatever and like just to see every single character from the the Avengers universe literally in the same place fighting the fight like that is just going to be amazing mm. if if they if that's the route they go with we'll see what what's your thought do you think it's going to be one person I mean I, I didn't really I just want to kind of throw it out there as a thought piece okay I didn't I don't think it's going to be one person I definitely I just... think they have to do something worthwhile with Captain Marvel if they're if they're giving her the right build up which right. they are so. which is something they are I mean my question. Really was like around the Hulk mostly because I was just like he because I feel like he like he went down almost too easy for me because he didn't like the Hulk gets more powerful the more angry he gets and I feel like being bested should have sent him into like some kind of rage before he got yeah. knocked out. No, it's and, interesting. But then, but instead, he spent the rest of his movie refusing to come out. It's like performance anxiety. Yeah, he's like no. He literally says no. Like he's refusing yeah. to. So I don't know if he's just like. Like brooding, or because he's a, he's basically a, mentally a child, like right? Throwing a hissy thing because he got beat up, and it I never happens. I think he's afraid. Then. I think he's actually afraid. He's afraid. See, I, I don't, I don't he's know if he's afraid or or his pride's hurt. That's what, I think his pride's hurt. I don't, okay. think, I don't think he's afraid. I think he's just like I got beat. I never get beat. I don't think he's ever been actually like beaten like that. Yeah, ever. No, I don't, I think, I, I think back in a movie like if he's ever been beaten. I think she's getting like you know locked out the way or you know like like missile washed away and then came back but you know then he goes back in the banner but he was still Hulk and he just like got beat and so I'm just thinking like what do you think they're going to do with the Hulk the biggest surprise for me regarding that storyline in the movie is I 100% expected to see a scene where Banner like sees that Natasha's in trouble Mm -hmm. and that's when the Hulk was going to come out right like that was going to be the thing like they don't, they really don't have a lot of time. They have one scene together, I think, in the right. movie. Just, and I was, yeah. yeah, I was like, there's gonna be a scene where she's she's as good as dead, and and like, damn he it, like Hulk's her. coming out and he's right. gonna save her. Um, and I was really surprised that that didn't happen. Um, and and I was surprised that they didn't wrap that up that he doesn't come back at all in this movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like it's really it really is like the the reverse Ragnarok mm-hmm. because Ragnarok is Hulk's movie. Yeah, like yeah. it's not Banner's movie at all. <laughs> Um, no. and it's very much Hulk's movie and then this movie is 
is Banner's movie. It's all Banner, yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of nice, because I was thinking, like, I mean, one of my one criticism about Ragnarok wasn't, it was just kind of, the Hulk has a personality all of a sudden, and he's, like, funny, and, like, he's able to, like, you know, understand humor, respond, have all this stuff, whereas in the previous movie, he was still kind of just dumb. Yeah. Which I know the Hulk goes through stages like that in, throughout the comics where he's like Savage Hulk, he's Intelligent Hulk, he okay. has multiple personality disorder, he has a couple different, huh. uh, Mr. Fix-It, he has a few different iterations. Um, so it, it fits kind of, but there's no like, there's no, there's no explanation There's no for bridge. It. Right, there's no bridge like, oh, he goes like, yeah, I don't know, I woke up and I'm smart now. I don't understand. You know, that could have happened. Yeah, but he didn't do yeah that. that's true. You know, he's speaking in full sentences in, in Ragnarok. Right. You know? And so it was just weird to me that in this movie just, Got him out of the way right away, and then just had this small little thing where, like, all right, he's not coming out for some reason. I think they're gonna play that up where either the Hulk is trying to get like trying to get stronger, or he's gonna come out in one of his new personalities, which will be able to actually like stand toe to toe with Thanos. But I think there's a reason why they have that be a carried out thread throughout the movie. Uh, there's, a, there's there's something there that they're, they're not telling us yet, and my speculation is that he's gonna come out. Um, as like a like insanely savage Hulk who who's still just brooding his anger and trying to get as angry as possible holding on to everything he's not coming out until he's as savage as possible and we see a scene where he like rips off Thanos' arm to get, oh, you to, think so? to get the yeah I think there's gonna be a thing where they're gonna they're gonna be trying to get it off they're gonna fight like as a team they're gonna come together they're gonna have him held down and the Hulk's gonna like be battling him toe to toe and be pissed that he lost that one fight and rip his arm off. Oh man, just that would be awesome. Actually, know. that would be really awesome. It's like a, it's a scene to give him redemption. Yeah, and have the Hulk do something amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have to like one of the things that they this series has been so good about is that they never hold back without a reason. Mm-hmm. And you know, if they hold back on a character, if they hold back on a plot beat, if they hold back, you know, they always do a good job of like giving you something that feels satisfying. I mean, Thor loses his hammer, mm-hmm. right, at the beginning of Ragnarok. And the whole point of that is you get this very satisfying emotional beat at the end where he sees his father and his father reminds him. He's like, you're not the god of hammers. You're the god of thunder. Yeah. And, and you know, that's when he, like, remember, you know, just really, like, brings back his power. Um, Which yeah. is awesome, by the way. Which is, like, it's, that, it's amazing to see. Yeah, I'm like, that ending is so cool. It's so cool. It's, like, one of the best. I'm like... Oh yeah, he does have thunder powers. You should use those right now. And I, yeah. and I thought that a little bit in this movie where like when he's fighting, um, he's fighting Thanos. He's be channeling, oh, he's gonna be channeling like thunder and lightning throughout your fingertips as with every punch you get. Right, yeah. Just go to toe to toe with it. But maybe we'll see that. Maybe I'm, I'm just. You know. We we might, yeah. I mean, like the, I mean, the ending, like Thor, you know, Thor stabbing, stabbing Thanos with the axe. Mm-hmm was very cool it and it's cool. this great moment where you really think that he's vanquished yeah and then oh my god Thanos is lying like you should have gone for the head for sure and I actually thought the movie was gonna end like that like it was gonna go white yeah and credits and I did Bruce, too you know I did too but honestly the the real ending is way more devastating <laughs> oh absolutely no I was just sitting there like I just remember this earlier but like we're sitting out there everybody in the theater is like and the guy next to me goes like silence. Like, the guy next to me just like goes under his breath. He's like, "Whole and it's part of my French." Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, and I'm sitting there going like, <sighs> like I can't. Like, I like I'm not gonna cry over a Marvel movie, but I was like, "What is happening?" 
I don't know. I shouldn't be whispering, but we're on a podcast. But that was real. That was like like I, I was I was I wrote like two different uh, Facebook posts. I was like just saw Ragnarok. Sorry, Ragnarok. Just saw um, Infinity War. Bring tissues, but I was like that might be a spoiler, so I erased that. Yeah, I, I just get that. I just wrote Infinity War. Wow. Yeah, and that's just the best way to, to wrap this up is just to say for me, if I have to give it a rating, I'm gonna give it a rating of a wow. Give it a rating. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know it's one of those it's one of those theatrical experiences where like you just it's just a ride, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and it's great. It's really exciting to have those movies. That's a good way to put it. It's a theatrical experience. So. This is. I'm gonna wrap it up. Yeah, I got. I have a final question. Two yeah. final questions oh, for you. You go it. ahead and do your, no, no. your walk out if you want. I don't know. I was, no, I was gonna just wrap it up. Okay. Just because, no, well, I'm gonna... just gonna. Okay. So final questions. Yeah. Um, who is your favorite character, and okay. what was your favorite moment in the movie? Okay. So favorite character. It's hard because there's a lot of characters in this movie. Um, I mean, I I really like the way that they gave Peter Parker a lot of screen time, and it. I was worried about him translating into this movie from uh, Homecoming. Because Homecoming was another movie where it was all jokes the entire time, all comedy the entire time. And there was a few emotional pieces, but nothing that really stood out to me. But he had his, like, his, like, shining moment when he was, like, fading away in the movie that made me really, like, feel for him. I was sitting there going, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, this is, oh, this sucks. And for that reason, that's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie because it just struck me emotionally in a way I didn't expect, especially from a character that I kind of took as a little bit of a joke. And he just was played so well by Tom Holland that I'm like thinking, like, man, it's gonna be weird when he's like, like he's, he ages and becomes an adult. And he doesn't have that, that cracky voice anymore, you know, like the kind of teenagery thing he has. Going yeah, on right yeah. Now. It's gonna be weird. And I think he might be in his twenties already, so maybe he might be playing that up. I actually don't think he is. is he? I think okay. he's like maybe nineteen. Okay, good, okay, yeah, good. he's a young guy. Yeah, I know he's I know he's getting like, you know, he's gonna age. And it's gonna be weird to have like Spider Man with a deep with a fully on deep voice. But I'm gonna say Spider Man and also that scene. Uh but just a quick nod, because I would like to do that too. Um, when they were first in Wakanda and they were just kinda like, you know, breathing in and they had the whole grassy field and everybody gets ready to go battle the uh, the animal things. I don't know what you call those things. I don't know, whatever. The monsters. The monsters thing. Yeah, sure. And the Black Panther goes, Wakanda forever. And they all go running. I was like, oh my God. I even said, I was in my chair and like I did like a little tiny like, Wakanda forever, but down here in the small. Like, <laughs> Wakanda forever. Nice. Right when he did it. And I was like immersed in that entire battle scene because that was some good action for things that I'm normally used to seeing just move way too fast like you know the CG the CG fights were just like blur 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 you actually had to see some cool action in that scene that really kept me uh, riveted and on the edge of my seat because I didn't know who was going to win who was going to lose and I also went to the movie expecting people to die so I thought maybe this might be a moment when they die inconsequentially and they didn't so that's my answer to both questions okay my um, I gotta say, uh, Thanos is my favorite character. Ah, uh, it's not. It's not even know, fair. I'll give you an Avenger. I'll give you an Avenger too. But I agree with you completely. But I thought we, he was not on the table. Okay, so we're both go saying ahead. Thanos. Yeah, I, I'm just. Go I'm going to talk about Thanos. No, go ahead. Because go because go you ahead. didn't. But um, go in. This is just. This is Thanos's movie through and through. The movie complete just comes alive so much more. Like we talked, you know, we talked about like my issues with how the Avengers don't get enough screen time, mm-hmm. but Thanos gets plenty of screen time, and every time he's on the scene, 
Like, every scene with him works. Mm-hmm. Josh Brolin just did an amazing job. They did a great job writing this character. He's really well introduced. He gets the right amount of depth. You get, like, really great backstory with him in a way that doesn't mess up the movie. This movie should be called Thanos Infinity War. Yeah. Quite honestly. Um, so, you know, Thanos for sure. Um, an answer that's less of a cop-out. I actually, I gotta say, like, I I just think that... With, God, this is such a tough answer. It is hard. I I would probably have to give it to Thor, though. I think that Thor... I think part of it is that we just got Ragnarok, and so Thor's storyline in this movie feels the most, like, continuous with a movie we just got. Agreed. Which really helps. And fleshed out the most, too. Yeah, exactly. He gets more screen time, and that actually leads into my favorite scene in the movie, which is by far... Thor's arrival back on Earth with with the axe and just when he just starts kicking the shit that out of good. everyone, it was it was just such an exciting, thrilling moment of just like Avenger awesomeness. I did like. I mean, I, I, we're gonna talk about Thor a little bit. I do like when he first gets you know interacting with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, like, it's perfect! Like, that was all hilarious. I just I just like. Peter's uh, Peter feeling sexually threatened. Peter's so threatened. <laughs> like, are you are you giving your voice, Peter? Goes, no, this is no, how I talk. This is how I talk. He's even speaking are you in, mocking me. He's, he's, he's speaking in a more like Shakespearean tone. Yeah, it was great. It was really great. Um, I actually i i didn't I didn't entirely love how Peter Quill came across in this movie. I thought that it was kind of lacking a little bit of the emotionality of the character. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing, one person I want to give a shout out to, since we I think didn't even really mention him, is Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, uh, he know, wasn't the best by any means, he wasn't. but his combination with Tony Stark was really fun, it and was. Uh, it was actually it was a pleasure to hear him. I think be the first person to call Tony a douchebag. I agree. <laughs> it's funny because they're both like supposed to be douchebags, kind of. They're, they're the both, same character. They're both egotistical. They both they even like their hair, even like hair, even they're like. Um, <laughs> their goatees are almost the same. That's so true. Yeah, totally. And this is a, this is a random. This is me just being me. But I was like watching the movie, and I kept kind of thinking about like everybody's hair, like hair and their facial hair was like really tightly trimmed. Oh yeah. And everyone was like had like crisp linings. And I'm just like, I'm like, man, who is their barber? Or, like, do they all have a barber that like just kind of shows them like, hey, you need a cut? Hold on a second. Like in between, like it's just. It was, oh, on set they literally, they literally sorry, do. Yeah, I don't mean on scene, I'm but thinking, like in the movie. In, yeah, in, yeah, in the movie, like in the this, real world. This whole movie does take place over the course of like a maximum of a week, I think. Yeah, right? it does. Um, and then the other thing uh, is that Th- when Thor sees Cap, mm-hmm. and Thor, you know, Cap's like, "Oh, new haircut," and and Thor says, "I noticed you decided to copy, copy my, my beard. beard." Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that's, he, goes, "He goes, yeah, that's what I mean." Like, so like, fun. That's what I meant about like. They're not giving Cap anything to do because he's sick. Because like Thor got that great line, and then Thor, I'm sorry, Thor, and then Captain America is just like, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, that's all he did. He goes, I did steal your beard. He could have made some funny or, or done something else, but like, yeah. there's just unfortunate. Yeah, he could have been like, oh, new hammer, like, right? Yeah, just, he, yeah, yeah. So those mo- some of those moments do struggle a little bit. Again, like Cap, if I have one disappointment. Like Cap, Cap's portion part in this movie is not great. Um, I was a little, I definitely missed the shield a little bit. I did too. Um, I I really hope him and Tony, because he and Tony do not share the screen in the movie, right. which is fine. Right. Uh, but I guess I guess the biggest thing is that 
if I have one summary, it's that uh, Avengers Infinity War is very much part one of a two-part movie. For sure. But I think it's in a more satisfying way than other movies. I know it didn't wrap up with any, con- any real it's got conclusions. A good, it's got a good hook. But yeah, but like, I, like I normally hate the two-part movies, but this is one that I feel like can it doesn't stand alone because of the way, you know, people died. But yeah, it can stand alone as its own film, and you feel so unsatisfied. Yeah. I was... Uh, Definitely happy with it. Can't wait to see it again. Um, any, uh, I guess, any parting thoughts? Uh, I don't have any meaningless nonsense, if that's what you mean. Um, because Eric's not here, I don't have to do that. And neither do you. No. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just a good movie. Go check it out. See it in theaters with people in the theater if you can. If you don't like people, suck it up and see it anyway. It'll, a be- it'll be a better experience. It's definitely a theater movie. It is absolutely a theater movie. Um, Eric's not here, I, I guess... I guess we'll pay lip service to his usual line that he hates crowds, but yeah. I think I think a crowd makes a movie like this so much better. It does. I agree too. Uh, for sure. So, all right, guys. Well, right. if you if you stuck with us this whole time, thanks for listening to us ramble incoherently about yeah. Avengers: Infinity War. Share your thoughts and comments with us. Uh, yeah. Eric, uh, Chris, do you want to talk about sure. how they can? Uh, yeah, they can, you can find us by searching the Waterproof Sponge Podcast in Google. It's just a fast way to say it. Look at Google for the Waterproof Sponge Podcast. Go on Facebook and type in Waterproof Sponge. We pop up first. Uh, and look on Twitter for Wawa Proof Sponge. Also, if you go on Instagram, Eric posts some of the most hilarious things you'll see and somewhat offensive. So look at Waterproof Sponge as well there, and you'll get more than what you need of this crew. Uh, you can find me personally at youtube.com slash Andreas or search Chris Sanders. You'll see me in a Pokeball. And, uh, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody. Yeah, and look him up, guys. He'll probably talk more about this movie. Yeah, so. well, actually, before, actually, I can tell you this. Before um, we get together, I did a very short, like, 15-minute live stream because I just needed to kind of, like, start organizing my thoughts for the podcast. Nice. So I did a little live stream for the people, um, and it's, like, 15 minutes is fast, and it's, yeah, I'll definitely be talking about more about this movie, and I'll probably work it in my new videos I do. Cool. So, thanks a lot, everybody, and I'll see you guys next time on the Waterproof Sponge slash Black Masters Cosmo. Good night.